So check this out. I got word that Hulu threw this crazy party in Beverly Hills with literally all of the biggest reality TV stars. I'm talking about all the Bravo lebs, Candy Burris, Portia Williams, James Kennedy, Jax Taylor, even Captain Lee and Kate Chastain. Here's the genius part. If you want to find out what happened at the party, you have to watch the commercials. Yes, I know I'll be tuning in and then signing up for a free trial to get my favorite reality TV shows at Hulu.com. Welcome back to the Welcome to Westworld podcast here on Post Show Recaps, talking Season 3, Episode 2, The Winterline. Uh, I am Josh Wiggler, uh, joined here by someone who is uh, trapped in a virtual reality of Post Show Recaps is making, Joe Garfine. Uh, Joe, uh, welcome. Bring yourself back online. We've got lots, lots to discuss. Much to discuss this week. We do. And I have to tell you, this is my one of the, the bright spots of joy. I think uh, not only for us to be able to record this together, but to have fiction out there like Westworld and also be interacting with fans of this show. I think that right now during these unusual times, I find that this show is bringing me comfort, which is odd given the subject matter. I know. <laughs> no, I'm I'm grateful for any fictional anything right now, uh, especially one that is that is uh, high quality and as entertaining as this one. Uh, you know, I, and cer- certainly any excuse to get to talk to you on a regular basis is something that I would be pretty thrilled about. Uh, and I think that people are pretty psyched that Welcome to Westworld is back, uh, that the show is back as well. That we just got an episode that felt like more of a kind of classic Westworld episode than the premiere, which is, I think, you know, it was very intentionally uh, jarring and disarming in terms of like the tonal contrast and you're being tossed into a world that's unfamiliar. And here we are both back to the park and then like we think that we're back at the park, but we're not actually really back at the park. Uh, so it's doing its thing where it likes to mess with your brain ball and just scramble you, the scramble the eggs that are, you know, cooking in your brain uh, and serving them up. Uh, I don't know how you like your eggs sunny side up. Are you, <laughs> how do you like your eggs, Joe? Uh, scrambled with cheese and zucchini, please. Yeah, and so that's how they're serving our brains uh, on an, on an episode like this. Uh, but they're they're keeping a lot of like the mysteries, and the questions, which I really appreciated. I thought uh, like some of like the bigger high concept questions uh, relegated to the to the scope of this episode. Um, I I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think that this is one of my favorite episodes of Westworld. Was this Ooh, past one? That is an interesting uh, take because I preferred the premiere just because it was so fresh and new. Uh, that being said. This episode speaks to me because of it's Maeve. It's all Maeve all the time. Yeah. And having a standalone, almost standalone Maeve episode warmed my heart. Yeah. I love Maeve too. You and I are huge Tandy Newton fans. Uh, and this is a, a rootin' tootin' good time with Tandy Newton here on Westworld this week. 
uh, getting to see Maeve do her Maeve thing, uh, bust out of her newest Maeves. Uh, was was uh, was a real delight, and to like see Rodrigo Santoro in super spy mode was super super fun. Uh, we'll talk about all of that. God, we'll talk about the Game of Thrones thing. Uh, how can we? How can we not? I think we'll probably have to spend a good amount of time on the Game of Thrones thing. Uh, I have an article up about the Game of Thrones thing over at thr.com/slash/westworld, as well as an interview with Lisa Joy, Tandy Newton, Vincent Cassell, who is showing up as Ciroc. Uh Sirac, the dinosaur hunter. Sirac uh, is in. The Mets tier now, Joe. We've got a new baddie on the board. How are you feeling about that? Or is he? I or mean, is he? Who knows? Yeah, good question. You know, it's interesting the use of costumes. And I am sorry, not sorry to say there are two sides. One is light, <laughs> one is dark. That's and right. they are definitely using the co- look at Dol- Dolores in black and Maeve in white. And it's so interesting to me the way everything is by design, including the costume. And by the way, uh, since the last podcast, I've been trying to figure out if we can figure out a way to change sweatpants the way that Dolores did her dress. <laughs> and just so we can if have a change of sweats. Out, if you figure that out, you let me know. That's, that's uh, the new quarantine uh, fashion. And so if we could just yes. have one that just sort of opens up into a onesie, someone get on that. Well, I think that there's probably a way, uh, but it, it's like a one-way trip is like the snap pants. Yes. Like you wear sweatpants on underneath your snap pants. You tear off the snap pants and then you've got new sweatpants on underneath. Yes. Uh, but th- I guess technically those pants were always on. It's just now they're like front-facing. Now the world gets to see the Maybe they're for- Or whoever whoever you're interacting with because you're not interacting with the world. Maybe so when you're on anymore. your uh, Zoom and work calls, you just, you know, you pull it and all of a sudden uh-huh. you have a fancier <laughs> sweatpant on. That's all I'm saying. Listen, we're all trying to figure out like what's our new look here, right? Like, especially as like we all have to get used to the fact that like haircuts are probably going to be a long time coming potentially. Uh, so uh, you may as well get your sweats game uh, in in a good spot. Uh, all right. So we've got a lot to chew on here. Of course, uh, the, the Westworld podcast here on Poster Recaps. If you have not subscribed, already we highly encourage you to do so we also would love some ratings and reviews if you have not left a rating or a review of the westworld podcast here on post show recaps that would be tremendously appreciated those reviews are uh it's been a couple of years since we've had a review uh i i tend to not look at the reviews because you know i, I life's too short and you don't need all that kind of stress joe informs me it'd be nice to have a nice review uh, <laughs> towards the top of the pile uh so if you've got kind words for us we would appreciate them in the reviews and if you don't have kind words for us you should not take the time out of your busy day <laughs> to to say whatever it is that is on your mind I mean, we also appreciate constructive feedback that's all we're saying we don't need to be uh, attacks on our person that's all i'm saying yeah and, but i do want to be showered in praise so if you've got that fair uh, you said showered uh, how's that going i it's a re- irregular irregular Same. Series Irregular, to, to <laughs> reference uh, my Series Regular podcast, uh, which is already up with a, with Westworld coverage with the great Mariah Gullo over at The Hollywood Reporter, who's my partner in crime over there. Uh, those are shorter podcasts than the ones we do at uh, Post Show Recaps, but they come out right after the episode on Sunday night. So if you're not checking that stuff out, highly recommend that you do so. The, the THR Westworld beat, uh, we're flush with coverage right now. So, so check all that stuff out. Uh, you also may have listened to The Robots feedback show that i did with the great christian hubicki last week that was really really fun um we are recording this podcast joe you and i are recording this the day after the winter line aired so we actually have some feedback that we'll get through here there's going to be no additional westworld coverage this week just you and me kid we're quite the team i mean it doesn't really get any better than that this and a, this and so. a cocktail later that's my monday man oh yeah all right i'll get a mocktail i got some seed lip uh, which they kind of t- it's like because it t- kind of tastes like a non-alcoholic gin. Ooh. Uh, it, 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 there's a gin and sun 
joke to make, but I didn't. <laughs> I guess I kind of did by referencing it. You know what the day uh, is the, young. The seed lip's a little expensive, but it's gone a long way. We've had this for like a year and make a make a good uh, get a lot of mileage out of the seed lip for anyone who's looking into the the non alcoholic stuff. Nice, um, Joe. Yes, Westworld. Ugh. Westworld season three, episode two returns us to the park. Just give me some broad strokes reactions to the episode. I mean, the scope and scale and the cinematic quality of this episode just blew me away. I mean, the first episode did as well on a futuristic level, but the return to a park, not a park we're familiar with, and um, <laughs> there, there. It's interesting as two Jewish podcasters to deal with an episode about Nazi world, uh, aka War, War World. world. Uh, 2020 is a hell of a ride. So um, I, I, you know, separating that, just the, I, I focus obviously on the production value and the scale. And I believe they filmed this episode in Spain, or at least the, the park part. Um, just absolutely beautiful. Uh, shout out to the wonderful people in Spain and all over Europe, by the way. Our hearts are with you. We know yes. you're going through it right now. Um if anything, I mean, until the later in the episode, my first note was how the heck is this park operating and not affected by the events at the end of season two? If most of the other sectors are shut down while the employers are awaiting layoffs and uh, tech fixes, like you tell me, how is this park fully functional? Right, right. Well, the answer was it wasn't right. Like right. the answer is it's not real. Right. Uh, and there's there's a world uh AKA, uh, you know, a season one or a season two approach to Westworld where this mystery is dragged out over the course of several episodes, but people on Reddit hopped online and they're like, I don't think War World's real, man. Uh, Interesting. You know, like, I think like, and, and then like, you know, three episodes after people have come to that conclusion is when the show reveals it. And you're like, yeah, well, I read that on Reddit, so I'm not that surprised. What I appreciate, Joe, is that they lobbed this up internally within the 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 state of the within the the span of the episode, and I think it's it's both an acknowledgement of uh, fans being uh, you know pretty savvy these days that they would have busted this theory wide open, um, but also I think it's a great acknowledgement of Maeve and how far she has come along and how smart she is and how easily she has not easily but how like handily she has dismantled so many different situations over the course of the years um, that she would have put this together relatively quickly uh that she would have figured out like oh you know what actually i don't think that any of this is legit uh i actually think that like someone's punking me right now and it's I'm kind of amazing how far she's advanced it's amazing she's scary she's it's like to me i think she's potentially more powerful than dolores in a different way and so I just thought I was absolutely I was because I don't read Reddit. I, I purposely don't read theories. I read uh, like your THR interviews with the cast because they're not spoiling. Right. I, I enjoy my Westworld like every show, which is spoiler free. So I don't go on Reddit and I didn't hear that theory. And so I was like, oh, my God, it, it's a digital simulation. I enjoyed that reveal. And I also think it's quite clever because, of course, it's a digital space. Of course, it's not real. Right. And I, and I don't think that the I don't think that there was a theory about this, at least not to my to my encounters. Um, but what what I mean more is like there's a, a there's a world where this played out like the way that there were Reddit theories about William and the man in black are the same person or, uh, right. you know, what, whatever it was for for season two. Uh, like, oh, I think that this is, you know, this isn't as it seems like this is the actual thing. Um because they only really give you war world in the span of this one episode. Uh, I think that like it, it disables that ability to like call the shot. Uh, and if you do call the shot that like, I don't think war world's real. I think it's digital. Like before the episode airs, then like, 
you got like tipped off by somebody like you someone someone gave you a spoiler and you're trying to pass that off as the theory uh which is some bs my Um, my only clue that something was amiss was that mave's mesh network her ability to communicate with all the other hosts was down and so i thought well that seems odd uh but you know our girl mave she figured it out real quick yeah, well, she she had like that opportunity to like tell one of the guards to to like stuff it basically, right? Uh, and that doesn't work, so she stuffs the cyanide pill in the guy's <laughs> That's eye. So great. That was a kind of creative use of a cyanide pill. Uh, like I've, <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Just, no, uh, but it, it was effective. Punch you in the <laughs> face with a cyanide pill is new. <laughs> So points for uh, points for originality, um, but like I, I was like, well, why isn't she speaking to this guy in whatever his language? Is? I could I could tell if he was German or if he was Italian or whatever. Uh, like, why not speak? Because that's how it worked in Shogun World. You had to speak Japanese uh, to the people who spoke Japanese, otherwise it wasn't going to work. Or you would just have to like subliminally mesh network them. You had to do like the the telepathy thing, uh, and she doesn't go for that. So maybe you're right that like that was something that she picked up on she's like ah that's not working and that should be working yeah absolutely and i'm just i'm fascinated we'll get to it but the size more of it all and you know because i was like okay mm-hmm. who brought her back online okay who put her in this world oh great okay well that was clever too that i think the in in like a lot of like the advanced press material uh that hbo released in like the the weeks leading up to to westworld coming back uh it was mentioned that simon quarterman was was going to be a returning cast member uh was going to be a series regular again this season we're like yeah but didn't he get like shot to ribbons at the end of season two like sizemore is like mega dead and so he shows up here and he's got the cane and he's walking he's limping around and you're kind of like ah man i mean i really did end up liking him uh, but at the same time, this feels like one of those cases where, like, you ended up really liking the actor and, like, you, you like, massively, decisively killed him off. And now you're bending the scope of your world to bring him back because you like the actor. And so how are we supposed to trust that, like, you're ever going to do anything dangerous again? And then it's like, oh, mercifully, no, uh, that's all just part of the punking. Uh, and so, like, it's digital size more. He's part of this thing. And I thought that that was, like, a cool kind of, like, full circle way to maybe advance uh the sizemore arc even a little bit more to just like kind of like re-clarify how human he was at the end of his life that even like there is like a capacity to like kind of like get on board with what mave is putting down when he recognizes like oh i guess i am just a program right now well, that's kind of weird uh, all right well how can i help you now uh like i think like even digital sizemore was was a legit guy Oh, yeah. It was actually kind of a pleasure to see him back with Maeve uh, because their interaction is so fun. Mm-hmm. However, and it's never too early to put a theory out there. We're at the 15 minute mark. Of uh, obviously, someone had to bring him back online and program Sizemore. And I'm assuming it's Ciroc because he needed Maeve. So, you know, the way that Ciroc brings, I mean, uh, the way that Sizemore brings Maeve to the forge, shows it to her. I just feel like it's all part of the design from afar by Ciroc. And it seems from uh, from fake out Sizemore's perspective that he didn't realize he was a fake out Sizemore. Right. And when he was uh, glitching in the Matrix down in the Forge, that was really, oh, really that was cool. Sad. He was like, I'm not a fake, 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 fake. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like it kinda, was so cool. Yeah, it's like someone's like DJing Sizemore. DJ Sizemore. Just <laughs> making the record skip. There's so many bit. jokes in there. Um, yeah. How great was uh, Hector Escaton as like uh, just like super suave, sexy guy? Uh, uh, World War II era Paolo never looked uh, never looked so fresh. Dude has really really made a career for himself above and beyond. Yeah. And long before Lost, I know 300. I know he's an established actor, but it's just it's kind of a joy to see him still on the show. The question is, will we see him reactivated again in another episode, or is that it for the run? 
Yeah, I mean, the way that they left him, uh, like it, it felt like Maeve was like saying goodbye. Like that was that was like a departure, uh, which made me really sad. It's like couldn't maybe like knock him out, maybe like shoot him and take his brain ball with you, right? Um, but I guess it wouldn't have worked because you know that's not like they're they're not dealing with like the traditional rules of physical reality in this spot. Um, but the but where her brain ball is, right? Like so, she's wherever she is is like some sort of place that Sirak has control over, and we see that all uh, that that she has to like upload herself to the maintenance drone and go into like kill 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 mode in so order cool. to break free. Super, super cool. I loved that. I thought that that was amazing. Um, and she like breaks her own uh, pearl out from like this big window of pearls. Um, did you have the feeling that like Maeve is not the only person who's been uploaded to this world? Does it like seem like there are like is is Hector in like that uh, like that glass enclosure where Maeve was and everything like that? Like, is there the potential that Maeve could go back there and unlock some other people? You would have to assume so. I feel like they're going to build a set like that. We're going to reference it again and go back to it. Also, it's just it's one of the coolest high tech futuristic things I've seen so far in Westworld. That room, those robots. I just had to rewatch it a couple times. Yeah, it was super fun. Uh, I I would love uh, I would love for the show to go back to War World if that's now like sort of like how the Valley Beyond exists somewhere out there as like a digital space. Uh, why can't these digital worlds be you know any more real for for the hosts than the physical real world is something that we were supposed to buy last season? So why not sell that a little bit further with War World being like a place that she has to like go back to and, and save Hector or even bring digital size more back into the real world. That would be fine. I'd be fine with that because like, it's technically a different character. Like as long as like the real Lee Sizemore had died uh, and now like sort of this new version of him, that's like, Oh man, it's so weird being a robot. Like I totally didn't realize I was a robot, but I guess I'm absolutely a robot now. Uh, I'd be fine with him being a big part of the show. And now how many worlds, how many parks have we seen? So we have the Raj, we've got, we have Westworld. We've got Westworld, we've got the Raj, we've got Shogun World. I don't think War World counts as a park, okay. right? Because if it's this digital space, at least we don't have any like concrete proof one way or the other if that's like an actual park or if this was just something that Sorak cooked up. Um, but we do have Park 4. You mean Westeros World? Westeros World is real. Uh, <laughs> what was your reaction to the Westeros World? And just to describe it for like anyone who like didn't get it, uh, which I'd be surprised because I think by, by now you probably read about it, uh, that that was uh, David Benioff and Dan Weiss, creators of Game of Thrones, as butchers in the Mesa uh, threatening to take Drogon apart piece by piece the the beloved dragon from game of thrones uh was it did it take you out uh or did you enjoy the game of thrones cameo what was your overall reaction to that i enjoyed it. i think a lot of people don't actually know what these guys look like and <laughs> it, it was kind of very dark in that room so it was really it took me a minute to go oh my god that's that's not just a dragon that's drogon right and so insert your jokes about winter is coming because this episode is the winter line the winter and line is coming the winter line is coming and also the, the jokes on the internet last night I logged on after I watched about how so season eight is basically <laughs> Game of Thrones. Drogon took Danny's body to Westworld like, yeah. and then hopefully ate the creators of the show. Yeah, the, I, the other one that I saw that I really liked was, OK, cool. So Westworld just confirmed that the entire final season of Game of Thrones was a simulation and it wasn't real. Boom. Yeah, roasted. Give some, give some good jokes. I, I thought it was a very clever wink, wink. I didn't mind it at all. HBO shares a lot of resources. Uh, you know, I read a lot of stories about George R. R. Martin always wanting to do a crossover. So, you know, the virtual Westeros world, great. Bring it on. 
here's my issue with it. Uh, if there is a world in the Delos theme park where there's a fire-breathing dragon available, <laughs> um, A, don't you think you would see that in the sky from one of the other parks at some point? Uh, and B, why would you ever go to any of the other <laughs> parks? Why wouldn't you just go to the one that has a dragon? I would only go to Dragon World or whatever they would call it. I, I would go where there's the Khaleesi. So I'm with you. Um, I assume it's Game of Thrones World. It's Westeros it World. Is. Maybe Westworld, the show, exists in a universe where Game of Thrones was just as popular there <laughs> as it was here. And so one of the worlds, like Delos bought uh, like Warner Media and uh, has the rights to the full HBO catalog. And so they've got the full Game of Thrones catalog and, you know, step aside uh galaxy's edge step aside pandora avatar land here's game of thrones world i mean i picked that park too but i have to say to go back to your question about why you wouldn't see the dragons is i always assume that they have a, a invisible dome like truman show oh, where sure. you don't actually see the airplanes in world flying over in other parks and you don't see the dragons flying in the fake westeros world yeah i guess that would have to be the only way or like the robots don't see it because they have the ability to like not see stuff but like, the people would probably see it, and then they'd be like, man, why don't we go to the cowboy place? Let's go to the, where they've got the dragons. Uh, question, who picks War World? You know what I mean? Like, what kind of I human know. being picks War World? Uh, very, very disturbing individuals. Very disturbing individuals going to any of these parks, frankly. But, Fair. Um, so, a yeah. lot of ex-inside employees. So, Park 4 is a thing. Park 4 is real. Uh, also, you know, a shout out to Medieval World from the movie, uh, from the original Westworld film. Uh, so, that's cute. Nice to nice to get there. Uh, and we get there through Bernard, who's going to link up with Stubbs. Confirmed, confirmed host, Ashley Stubbs, back in the house. I had some flashbacks of uh, Teddy, you know, the sec- the other host that we've seen really tried or successfully took his own life, quote unquote. Um, right. I also find a lot of, I was thinking back to episode two of season one. Um, and I think, you know, when Dolores discovered the dead Teddy in the cold storage and then Maeve discovers dead Hector and cold swords. There were a lot of interesting parallels between early season and this episode. Uh, I, if Stubbs, whole thing is to be like, you know, kind of like Terminator host, like Terminator host with like a bubbly personality, at least like a jokes, warm heart. He has jokes. Yeah. Jo- jokey Terminator. Uh, how could, how did he miss? That was a surprise. Like you'd think that he would have been able to, to effectively take himself offline. I think that unlike Teddy, he was able to like Maeve and Dolores gain a sense of, consciousness slash feelings slash humanity and maybe his programming wouldn't allow him to take himself out yeah he says that like he doesn't have a backstory he doesn't have a cornerstone he's really just like uh meat and potatoes host like he knows what he is i'm a business guy like it's just my my job is to keep the host safe and and that's basically it he definitely has a home gym because Stubbs has worked out as i'm saying <laughs> so is looking good he does Stubbs is looking good uh i i did an interview with uh with luke hemsworth uh before the season uh started airing and he said if you notice like he gets injured in the arm at one point during the fight and so he stops like using one of his arms that's because he like pulled a bicep uh, his bicep in real life Ouch. uh prior to filming that stuff uh, so his arm is like decommissioned in wow. real life. So they built that into the storyline. Excellent usage of it. Cause I was impressed with the ax wielding one arm stubs. <laughs> I love it. I love that. He was just like flat axing people to the face. Like, you know, he was, he was like when John Connor tells the Terminator, you can't kill anybody. And so then the, so Schwarzenegger just like starts kneecapping people instead. It's like, <laughs> what? I didn't kill him. I believe he says it exactly like that. He's like, what John, I didn't kill anybody. What? <laughs> 
<laughs> good, good impression. This is my uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. So for some people who might have been confused, because I was at first, there was a, a dead host body on the floor between Bernard and Stubbs. It seems like they took some parts maybe out of a body to, to rebuild Stubbs. It was very confusing. Like one of the Bernards, maybe? Yeah, like they took something out to fix him. Do you know what it is? No, it must have been something to fix like the like the like the char- they were saying like like he admit he was trying to shoot his charger out. Right. right. So maybe there's like a battery or something that's like in the neck uh, that he was uh, replacing okay. the Bernard part. At least they didn't show it to us. I thought it was weird that uh, Stubbs like hit like the robot version of hawking a loogie. He was like <laughs> hawking up a screw. <laughs> that was pretty rad. I'm totally, I'm not bothered at all by the, the grotesque nature of stuff on Westworld. And I don't know why, because it's not my wheelhouse, but I found it very amusing. You know, this was a, maybe a funnier episode than uh, than Westworld has given us in, in the past, which is certainly something I've complained about. Like, it's very, a very, very serious show. Uh, and I, I know with like the Game of Thrones thing, uh, it took some people out of it. We've got feedback from people. Um, one that I'll, uh, uh, we'll just get into the Game of Thrones stuff right now, because I think it's, it's it's worth uh, bringing in here is as a as a reference point to like the different perspectives on it. This one came from Peter D. I don't think it's the Dink, uh, but if uh, Peter Dinklage is listening to Welcome to Westworld, uh, what up, Tyrion? Uh, cool to have you. Uh, but Peter wrote it and said, "LOLs that Benioff and Weiss cameo. Great prediction, guys. I loved it." Uh, so Peter loved the Game of Thrones cameo, whereas Gareth B had written in and said. Why do the showrunners insist on ruining the illusion of their world by doing that cheap Game of Thrones Jurassic Park joke? It's the Ed Sheeran moment of this show. Uh, so I think like that's like the spectrum. Uh, and I can't blame you if it bothered you, but I don't think that I could sit here and simultaneously say, like, I wish Westworld had more of a sense of humor about itself. And then also like poo poo the Game of Thrones cameo, because like that was a moment of the show having a sense of humor. And I appreciate that. Right. I mean, if it wasn't for the dragon, I wouldn't even have noticed Benioff and Weiss. No offense. Like, yeah. so I, I wasn't taken out of it and I didn't know about it, but it just, I went back and looked at it and went, oh, OK, and I moved on. But I'm obviously deeply invested in this show. So I let it go. Yeah. Uh, they were going to hack up Drogon and send him to uh, Jurassic Park was the implication. Because They're saying, yeah, there's some people in Costa Rica who want to buy this. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> they Jurassic, really went there. Jurassic Park is still still in action. Uh, it is. So I, I understand if, if people didn't like it, but I, I thought it was hysterical. I, I, like, I was kind of flabbergasted by it. I was like, is this real life? I was like, David after dentist. Like, it, it just did not feel, it did not feel real. Uh, was it a dream or did it actually happen? I think it's just an HBO pat on the back to each other kind of thing, which is fine. Sure. You know, or it's fine. Maybe it was the transfer of the money. Like, here's all the Game of Thrones money because clearly Westworld <laughs> got it yeah. this season. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how they, like, uh, exchanged information. <laughs> um, Bernard is back in the park and we come to find out that the reason Bernard is back is because he wants somebody to fight Dolores and that somebody is Maeve. Uh, and so the episode makes you think that like Bernard and Maeve are on a collision course until it comes out uh, about halfway through that they're actually in different spots. Um, but just even the instinct that Bernard wants to link up with Maeve, like the promise of that is pretty cool. So I have to clarify because I was a bit confused to go back at the end of season two. We assume that one of the brain balls, one of the pearls in Charlotte Hale, Dar- Dolores, Charlotte Hale's purse was Bernard. And that right. we've seen in Bernard's flashbacks that Dolores did recreate Bernard in the real world, in the new world. So the version we're seeing in Asia at the meat plant is indeed recreated Bernard from Dolores. So I was a bit confused as to his mission. Did he reprogram himself? Is Ciroc 
pro is he does he did he get into the programming of Bernard to then help him get Maeve back from Westworld? So I want to clarify with you your take on sure. who who Bernard's working for at this point. So I think Bernard's working for himself. Uh, my my impression of the end of season two is Dolores authentically brings Bernard back online, says I'm going to need you as a check against me. Uh, this world's going to need both of us to survive. We'll probably kill each other. Blah blah blah. Um, and my take on that scene when she delivers the you know that monologue to him at the end of season two is that she's very authentic in in laying that out. Um, so whether or not we want to believe that that is indeed what her intention was, I think that that's something we can be suspicious of moving into season three. Um, But in the first episode of season three, when Bernard is doing like the self-analysis thing, he's asking how long has it been since he's had contact with Dolores Abernathy? It's been 90 something days, like 92 days or something like that. Um, And I think that that timeline maps out to roughly uh, where the show is taking place relative to the Delos massacre at Westworld. Um, So it would make sense that that was like the the season two scene Um, that as far as Bernard's inner programming is aware, Bernard has not been in touch with Dolores since she brought him back at the end of season two. Now, do we want to trust that? Like, we know that Bernard himself doesn't fully trust himself. Um, so if he can't trust himself, should we trust him totally? The show has played in, um, you know, the show has traded its story on this kind of duplicity in the past of like trying to dupe the audience um, in the same way that it dupes the hosts. So if we have lingering trust issues with Westworld, I think that that's fair and well earned by the show um, at this point. Um, so could that be like a mystery of like, is Dolores somehow actually guiding Bernard? Is someone like Ciroc some somehow in control of Bernard? If that's the case, I don't think that the episodes have revealed something like that quite yet. Um, is it something that we should be watching out for? Yeah, let's watch out for everything. Uh, right, because I want to know how Bernard broke free from Dolores' control. Dolores seems the most in control in the new world in terms of having a technical connection to everyone Maybe one of the reasons she needs to get through and break into insight is because of what happened with Bernard. Right. And, you know, but my theory going into this now would just be that he's a pawn for Ciroc because he needed, he was activated and controlled by Ciroc to get intel about Dolores back on Westworld, which is why he's going to use Stubbs. He needs Maeve. I feel like Ciroc has the upper hand in gathering a team now. I I read it as Bernard is like out on his own, that Bernard is, you know, like he's running away. He's trying to fit like he's like friendless out here. He's, you know, one man against the world. He knows that Dolores is out there and Dolores has got some dastardly deeds up her sleeve that she brought him back as some sort of moral check against her. Uh, And he's trying to figure out how the hell do I contend with that if it's just me and she's got such a head start on me and she's so resourced up and he's been framed to be like the the fall guy for the whole Westworld. Uh, massacre uh, that I I had read it in the first episode and and through this one as well uh, that he's like really authentically like trying to like figure out who he can recruit to to stop uh, Dolores but uh, even if he's not like under Ciroc's thumb uh, it certainly sounds like what Ciroc is saying to Maeve when they meet at the end of the episode and I'd love to talk this through with you uh, is that he wants Maeve to destroy Dolores. That's basically what Bernard wanted as well, right? If not to destroy Dolores, then at least to stop Dolores. Uh, uh, Sirac is more pointed about what he wants from Maeve. He wants, I want you, I want you to kill her. That's what he says. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, so Sirac is a former Insight partner. We are assuming this. I think we're assuming that. Okay, yeah. just like Arnold was to Ford. 
So I just feel like there's interesting uh, comparison, dichotomy, etc., cetera, uh, between the two and, and uh, a fight for control. I, I don't know if is he, what was Ciroc's current or past involvement with Delos? How does it connect to insight? These are questions I have about him as a quote unquote Same. new big bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, what is the inter- intersection between this character and Delos? Cause like Delos seems to be the company that is like literally like the Disney corporation of the Westworld world. Right. Or like, yeah, they now have everything. Uh, <laughs> except like, also, like, you know, huge political influence, like, you know, not just like mass entertainment influence. Um, and what is the, what is insight something that they own? Is it a collaboration? Uh, so I think that those are things that definitely have to manifest as we're like bringing insight into the mix from a narrative level uh, of, uh, you know, being an agency that's as important as, as Delos as well. Uh, so that those, those are questions I think that we should definitely be having right now. Um, I, I really just loved though, this idea that Ciroc thought Maeve was the person he was tracking down. Uh, you know, he references like there was an anomaly, something we couldn't predict. Um, and I think that that's, you know, a very big clue to the point of being like, yeah, okay. So he and Rehoboam are connected. Uh, you know, he talks yes. about how human history for the first time now has an author, uh, and it's not him. It's something he helped create. Uh, and that fits the description of everything we know about the supercomputer up to this point that it, uh, based on like data that it's collected from all of the, the people in the world, it's like blazing a path forward for humanity to, to live your best life. Uh, and now that hosts have been introduced into the mix, these seem to be the big, uh, to use some, uh, it's not the sole provenance of Lost. Uh, certainly, it's a scientific principle. But the variables uh, that are being introduced into the realm that Rehoboam can't account for. Um, and so, like, Sirach was right that Maeve is, like, a high-quality person in this universe that he should be interested in. Uh, he was very wrong that, like, oh, uh, actually, the person I need to track down is Dolores. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, the anomaly and the glitches in the system, you just, at first, you didn't know if it was Dolores or Maeve. And, right. and I think that they are aware of Dolores, but nobody really, really knows Maeve's control and reach. And I think that that's going to be very interesting to see, uh, of especially, and I don't, the trailers are, of course are cut in a way that we don't know what's going to happen if Dolores and Maeve ever meet up again, but they, they make the trailers seem like these two are going to be, uh, on opposite ends and they're going to be fighting each other. And you know, God, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. But the trailers have been tricky. I know. Uh, because the first trailer showed, uh, showed a bunch of people like shooting that maintenance drone, right? right? Uh, like that was in the trailer, and they're just like right up front with that. And little do we know that that like the trailer is just showing us like Maeve getting riddled with bullets, right? Because like that's Maeve in there. Um, so do we fully trust the trailers? If it's a good trailer, I think like it's giving you like a sense of tone and you know some degree of truth of of the story, but also hopefully it's like setting up your expectations in a way that are going to be um flipped up on their head uh and so like is the dolores versus mave thing uh where you see in the trailer that like uh mave brings a sword to a dolores fight like is that (laughs) is that gonna is that gonna play out in a straightforward way or is there some other additional twist to that um really really eager to find out but like this episode being the first real mave forward episode of season three so far granted it's just two at the moment uh it was really it was really great to to get this ending where her plot uh uh, like her plot utility for the season is in much greater focus that like she's the dolores hunter whether she likes it or not because for the first time in a long time she's really under somebody's thumb uh so rock seems to be able to like 
freeze her motor functions, which is kind of terrifying. I know. And I loved the slow-mo pause, the Maeve pause we had in, in War World when she was killing all the Nazi soldiers and they were paused mid-shot mid blood splatter. It was kind of, it was like a paused Tarantino film and yep. uh, it was kind of great. So it's interesting that Sorak obviously has more control. So I have a question for you. When robot Maeve escaped with her brain ball from the, you know, the internal part of Westworld and they shot her down on the lawn, the robot version and her brain ball obviously left her hand. The next thing we see is Maeve is in the new world with Sorak. So did he have an extraction team there? He must, right? Like he must have the ability to create host bodies, um, which I guess would make sense that, he would be able to do that because he seems like fabulously wealthy uh, and very, very fancy, even though uh, for such a fancy reclusive man, uh, he's eating Granny Smith apples. Really? I mean, and not to besmirch a Granny Smith apple. I had one today, but like if I was like a fabulously wealthy, like techno uh, king, I probably would eat some fancier fruit than a Granny Smith apple. I have to say, I did not notice the apples, Josh. So eagle eye, eagle eye. Listen, I'm very hungry all the time. That's I'm fair. trying to diet uh, here in quarantine. I'm trying to take advantage of like, we should be rationing right now. So every food item just looks extra delicious. And you know what? We're appreciating and grateful for every bite now. It's true. Yes, it's true. It's true. Uh, okay. So I should say I, I would eat the Granny Smith apples from Ciroc's, uh tablescape. You I would- hope they're not artificial fruit. <laughs> and you're not poisoned because, you know, this yes. isn't a fairy tale. Yes. So to go back to that, if obviously then current time Ciroc has a team or he has spies within Delos. Cause if he's able to get Maeve's brain ball out of there, which is probably one of their most precious uh, items right now on that Island, he yeah. is all powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I think like in order to pull that off and it's clear that like that was an inside job, um, then yeah, he's got people on the inside. So it would make sense that he would be able to have like technology from there too, could be liberated from the park. If the brain ball can be liberated from the park, then like the ability to create uh, host bodies would, would follow suit. Well, one of the most interesting things to me is that I assume Maeve still has the mesh network and that when he has control over Maeve, he knows now that she could reach out to not only pre-existing hosts, but maybe some hosts he's made in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, so think about the control that she could have a literal army against Dolores or whoever the enemy winds up being. That'd be awesome. Uh, uh, especially if like it's, it's Maeve and a ton of robots versus Dolores. It doesn't feel like a very <laughs> fair fight. Uh, I would be, I would be more inclined to think it was a fair fight if it was Dolores and a bunch of robots versus Maeve. Uh, like I think Maeve could single-handedly take that on. Uh, Dolores is a badass too. I don't want to besmirch Dolores' reputation. But Dolores is also about to pair up in some way, shape, or form with a human being who could have tools of his own. Right. And he is ex-military, so that's not, you know, a coincidence. And so I think it's very interesting. I cannot wait to see further episodes with Caleb and Dolores. I think that's such a fascinating mix, especially since he was just saying he needs something real. Ha ha ha. No. Yeah. He has George the Coworker Transformer robot, and now his BFF is going to be Dolores. That's going to be interesting. Um, let's get into some... Uh, feedback that'll guide us through the rest of the conversation and then if we don't hit on anything that you've got some theories on joe uh let's get into that territory if you're cool with that yeah absolutely uh the great kurt clark uh as he refers to himself here the tabulator curtis clarkson uh kurt writes in uh about last week actually and uh wants to to correct uh the record on where bernard was kurt says the farm that bernard was working at in the beginning is indeed or at least is very likely in the philippines when he first punches in via time clock the signs we see around the factory are in both english and filipino uh so there we go we we get to locate Bernard on the map and it makes his ability to to get to Westworld uh, in the in the South China Sea, uh, perhaps a little bit more acceptable. 
And it is synthetic meat. If you look closely at the what they put the quote cows up on, I did see that it was it is indeed synthetic. That's good. You know, it's uh, uh, more environmentally friendly. I I would expect. Well, last night uh, my wife watched Westworld's episode uh, three hundred one, having not seen season two at all. Oh wow! And what was so, that experience like? Um, I think because it was so futuristic, I just paused when she had questions about whose brain ball was in who. Mm-hmm. But she was yeah, sure. she was able to watch it and enjoy it, and it was so aesthetically pleasing, uh, just from a, a scope and scale perspective. So those of you out there that are new and didn't watch season two, I think it's going to be okay. Okay, cool. That's great. Yeah, good to know. Um, all right. Uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick uh, said. Uh, uh, cause uh, this was, this was amazing. Uh, I- I'm really glad HBO did this. Uh, Brendan said, I thought that the COVID PSA was part of the episode for about 10 seconds and was about to question my sanity. I thought maybe the matrix had broken. Um, did you, did you, uh, have any thoughts on the fact that HBO was having sort of like this, um, this advisory notice even before Westworld started, uh, about safety, uh, in the midst of the novel coronavirus right now? I didn't even see it, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, you missed it. Uh, I, I'm yeah. glad that they did that. I, it's like very like kind of like not on brand. Like that's something that you would see on like a network show uh, more more often than not. But uh, unprecedented times. So we just have to look out for each other however we can. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, I, I'm with you, Fitzy. Like I, I can imagine like it, it sort of has that style of like an in-universe commercial. So it's like, oh, oh, God. Are they like now trying to tell us that there was a pandemic in the world of Westworld? Uh, it's like, oh, gosh, please. This is too on the nose. Uh, Fitz continues. Uh, he says, war world was awesome that opening sequence with maven hector was one of the best the show has ever done big casablanca vibes yeah big totally. casablanca energy from uh the cold open here uh on this week's uh episode of of Westworld. uh when did you when did you get hip to the point that like hector wasn't hector anymore or like hector was not actually sentient that hector was like playing a new part I just assumed it right away. Yeah. Uh, honestly, because I, he was also uh, shot up and discarded at the end of season two. So I assumed mm-hmm. it was just a, a, a Paolo reboot, man. Yeah. I was so sad, though. I was as sad as uh, as Maeve seemed to be. I was like, no. I think no. Um, I think he's also on uh, another show, uh, Reprisal, on Hulu. Oh, so okay. if you want to get your Rodrigo Santoro fix, I believe. I apologize if that's wrong, but I believe I saw him on that. Okay, cool. Uh, love yeah. Rodrigo Santoro. Justice for Paolo. Um, <laughs> really? Nah, he got what okay. he got. What was coming? Uh, hard Paolo, Paolo lies. Paolo lies. Here, Paolo lies. All right, Hard Rock Hope. Uh, I'm having a similar experience with season three that I had with season two. Says Hard Rock Hope. Uh, that we spend odd, meandering moments in strange places that ultimately won't matter, like the Shogun story in season two and War World here. Uh, yikes! Uh, says Hope. Uh, at the same time, I feel like the layers of complexity are breaking my brain. Uh, and I I know Hope had uh had just very recently uh binged all of season one and season two like uh since quarantine uh began uh so it's a lot of westworld to take in one shot was there any aspect of this episode joe that was like uh too much in an unpleasant way for you or was it pleasingly too much any nazi um fiction is unpleasant for me yeah. uh, so i again i just choose to focus on the costumes the scale the the casablanca the romance of it all um uh, but I appreciated the clever things like them putting the note in all and Maeve really literally putting a glitch in the matrix. So I thought that was really, really cool. And I don't think that each park and virtual or not is irrelevant because I think that we will continue to see characters or scenarios from all of them as we move forward. Um, from Aaron J. 
So is everything a simulation inside of a narrative inside of a matrix? Is anything on this show real? Am I real? I'm starting to question the nature of my reality. Joe, should we uh, be looking out for the possibility that even like the quote unquote real world in season three of Westworld isn't so real? Are we going to get to the final episode of season three and find out that everybody is in some sort of like gooey cocoon being uh, harvested for organs by the machines all of the Matrix? I'm going to say no. I trust Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan that that is not. And I believe the new world does exist. I hope so. I hope you're right. Um, Steve asks, do we have at least two timelines on the show right now? Maybe a third where Dolores is? Um, I think we're all on the same timeline right now. Am I trusting the show too much? Am I like trusting that like they're being genuine when they're saying, no, we're going to be a little more cards up with the timeline now? Timelines is a little straighter. Uh, like, are you are you tracking multiple timelines at this point, Joe? I am not. I am assuming it's fairly linear. Um, and I was wondering, of course, if Bernard and Maeve were in the park at the same right. time. But besides that, um, I have not questioned my reality with that regard yet this season. Yeah, so we're in for a rude awakening when it turns out that like all of the Dolores and Aaron Paul <laughs> stuff is taking place three thousand years in the future. Don't you dare. I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Uh, but I, I'm not tracking it on that level uh, at the moment. And if I'm supposed to, then oops, doing, I'm, I'm doing <laughs> it wrong. Um, Joe, theory time. What do you got? Give me give me some things from this episode that stood out to you that you want to you want to make sure we touch on anything that's lurking around in your brain ball, even if it's not a lot. Just give me give me whatever's on your mind. And then one real one, which is that um, Stubbs, Mr. Host Stubbs, refers to the boss. And my first thought was, it's Ciroc, right? And then I went, wait, Ford was originally his boss and gave him his first directive, which is to basically protect all the hosts. Is he, Obviously, the boss now is going to be Bernard, Bernardo. And so... What if he's just a big Bruce Springsteen guy? I mean, that's fair, and I would like that more about Ashley Stubbs. I would like somebody to recut the Stubbs scene fighting in the Mesa to uh, Thunder Road would be cool. Oh, my God. One of your nerds can totally yeah, do that. for sure. Nerds, yeah. get on it. Nerds. So I guess my theory, which isn't really a theory because I think a lot of people share it, is that there's still a little bit of Arnold and Bernard, and that's who uh, that Stubbs is going to work with, and that's who's going to be directing Stubbs for the most yeah. part. Uh, I... I really like Jeffrey Wright and Luke Hemsworth together. R- They're really, so great. Their really chemistry. Fun, really fun. I, I know you miss Elsie. So do I. Uh, I miss Shannon Woodward on the show. And that's the classic combo, right? Uh, of, of Bernard and Elsie. And even to some degree, Stubbs and Elsie here and there. Um, but we hadn't really gotten much of like a Stubbs-Bernard thing. Uh, and it seems like IRL... Uh, Hemsworth and uh, Jeffrey Wright are buddies. Jeffrey Wright posted something fun on Twitter recently that was like a behind the scenes video of him driving around with Luke Hemsworth and someone like came in over the radio and it's like slow down and Luke Hemsworth not even as a gag I guess like authentically was like oh they want me to drive faster and so he drove faster (laughs) Uh, so I think that they're having a good time with it behind the scenes and uh, that translated on screen to me. Uh, I I know like there's some level of implausibility about uh, about Stubbs being a host because I think it was it was like a late story decision. Uh, it wasn't like something that was like baked into the character from the beginning. It was something that they kind of like came up with late in the game. Um, that's not always my favorite thing, but I think he's so fun in this new side of him that this is by far and away the most I've enjoyed Stubbs just in one episode. Uh, and a big piece of that is like the robot bromance, like the robo bromance uh, between him and Bernard. 
I, I, I would love to see, yep. you know, that last for a very long time. Hashtag robo bromance, everybody, mm-hmm. for this episode. <laughs> no, I love it. And now that we saw that Lutz and Sylvester are also, ho- like, seems like everybody there is a host, I have hope that my LC is going to come back yeah. as a host. In, like, in that digital world, like, if they could pull some of those digital peeps out uh, and turn them into, like, flesh and blood characters, like, I'm, I'm pretty here for that. That could be fun. Absolutely. That could be fun. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have as many theories at all for this episode because it was more you know, straightforward yeah, in terms a of a park. to apply to Westworld, but I think you're right. But I appreciate that two episodes into a very dense season three. And especially with this, what's going on in the world, I actually, I watched it once to take notes for this podcast. Then I rewatched it just to enjoy yeah. it. And I just thought it was delightful. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's a big piece of why I really like this episode so much is one, it was like lighter, which I enjoyed. It was more straightforward than Westworld often is, which I really appreciated. Um, it was very, you know, a, a very competently made like action thrill ride um it's tandy newton doing her thing it's this new funny dynamic between jeffrey wright and luke hemsworth uh it's a very like tantalizing ending where here's this new bad guy maybe who has control over mave that's unusual that's not like things uh that we're used to seeing uh speaking of things we're not used to seeing like we're literally like expanding the world of the show to include this completely different template the world war ii template was very compelling to me um so i think and, and to like do this all as it's not a bottle episode but like to do it all as like a self-enclosed episode um is is uh i think that like as we've charted this stuff like we we both really really love that episode with uh papa delos uh the riddle of the sphinx we both really really love kiksuya yep. the the zon mclaren episode um that's that's focused on akechida uh and ghost nation i think that those are often cited as like two of the very best episodes of westworld and for for like my taste, like I would put this on that list for for reasons that are like similar to that. Like I would I would just show somebody an episode of Westworld. I would show them the winter line like this is like uh, a really good example of like when Westworld is doing its thing in a really good way. Um, I really enjoyed this. I know not everybody did. I, I really like this one. My favorite episode so far is is Maeve in Shogun World. Yeah. I mean, uh, of all time, top Tandy Newton performance ever for me. Yeah. It's going to be hard to top that. But this is this is such an amazing episode to bring us back into that world. Yeah. They're just like mathing people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like even if it was the real world, I'd be confused. So uh, fair, that would work. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else from this episode? No, I'm just. I have no idea where we go next. Which I, as a conspiracy theorist, pop culture fan, love. Yeah. Uh, the next episode is called "The Absence of Field," uh, season three, episode three, coming up. A good one. Okay. Obviously, obviously, I'm not going to say anything. I like good. it. I appreciate it. Uh, there's, a, there's a really, really, really strong performance that we're going to get to talk about. A uh, really strong performance that I'm very excited to talk about. Uh, so that's coming up next. Uh, no, no additional feedback shows this week. Uh, we will, we will be talking about the absence of field next year on the Westworld post show recap. Uh, next the year? next, the next, uh, hopefully not next year. Things really have to go off the rails. <laughs> you said off year. The rails. Uh, I meant to say next week. Then uh, every day is a year. So uh, technically, uh, seven years from now is probably when you and I will be. Getting back on the mic, Joe. Uh, we'll be talking about season three, episode three. Uh, subscribe to what we're doing here on the Westworld specific feed on post show recaps. Hit us up on the Twitters if you got anything for us. I'm at Rand Howard. Joe, how do they find you? I am at Joe Opinionated, which is the word opinionated with a J. Joe, I hear tell rumor that if people would like to hear more of you speaking into their ear holes about life and pop culture and entertainment. Uh, that there will be a way to do that very soon. 
Yes, starting later this week, I, just for fun, a very casual Instagram Live interactive chat show, literally called The Joe Show, for back of a lack of a better name right now. I think I it's a, a fine name. I'm happy thank with you, sir. That. Yes. Uh, and just if you could follow me on Instagram at Joe Opinionated, I have about eight guests lined up from various industries, mostly the arts. I have actors, musicians, um, people who work in uh, online TV animation. Oh, cool. And um, I will start to unveil soon who the guests are. We're going to do them at different times of the day. They'll be available for 24 hours each, and they will all be on my Instagram live feed just for something extra while everyone is at home. And the focus will be on positivity. We're going to talk about something good out there because there is a lot of hope out there. And right now, you really only hear about the negative. So we're going to highlight the person and we're going to highlight per person, one charitable organization that they're supporting during this hard time and what they're doing to keep sane. Cool. That's great. I think that that's really great. That's really in your wheelhouse. Uh, it's colliding a lot of the things that are really near and dear to your heart, to my heart as well. Uh, so yes. you, you let me know however I can pitch in. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to do so. Oh, you're going to be a guest in the next few weeks. Don't you worry. Dope. All right. Spoiler. I'll be on it. I'm going to be on the Joe show. Spoiler. I'm a host. Uh, yeah. I'm a, I'll be a guest host on the Joe show for, for one 24 hour stint only. I shall be a robot. Um, tons happening on post show recaps. There's walking dead recaps. There's better call Saul. Uh, we've got a lot going on on the down the hatch lost podcast. Uh, Mike and I just put out another episode of the lost RPG Joe, where Mike and I play background characters from oceanic eight one five. Amazing. It got very weird this week. Uh, I think our characters are officially uh, unforgivable, uh, irredeemable a-holes is the direction we've decided to take these characters in. Uh, murder. Uh, murders have occurred. and they, I love it. Uh, Billy and Rodney do not seem to feel all that guilty about it. So I, I can only hope that the island will get its way with them eventually. Uh, I, I expect that is where we are heading whenever we get to do episode three of the Lost RPG. But that's up there. Really, really fun podcast. And we will be talking about what Kate did on the next episode of Down the Hatch. Uh, conspicuously timed. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. No comment. Um, all right. That's it. That's what's going on here. We'll be back. The absence of field. I think we're going to have a really good conversation next week, Joe. Really, really excited for it. All right. Thanks for having me on again. This is a great pleasure. And we look forward to hearing from you what you think about this episode and how you're enjoying our podcast. Absolutely. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye.